It is now This Week in Moab. I am Molly Marcello, the News and Public Affairs Director here at the station, and I'm popping on to share with you an interview I did just a few minutes ago, actually, with M.A. of Moab Pride. Um, There's a few bills that are sweeping through the Utah legislature that are related to trans youth, and M.A. shared with us a little bit about Pride as an organization, what they do for youth here in Moab, and their opinion on these bills. So we're going to hear that, and then a little later on in the program, we'll have uh, Jeremy Spaulding from Grant County Schools and Caitlin Myers from Moab Area Community Land Trust on the program to talk about the upcoming housing fair. We'll learn all about it from those two experts. Um, But first, here's my interview with M.A. from Moab Pride. My name is M.A. Russell. I use they, them pronouns. And I've been involved with Moab Pride, oh man, how many years? Hmm. Since 2017, I think. Kind of on and off. Um, But yeah, Moab Pride was like struggling Mm -hmm. and... My friend put out a call, it's like, if you want Moab Pride to be kept alive, you need to, like, now's the time to get involved, and I've just been with it ever since. <laughs> okay, so you literally answered that call. Yeah. <laughs> and then now you're you're pretty involved with the organization, right? Yeah, I'd say, say pretty, pretty involved. I mean, we've been, Moab Pride has, there's been a few things, like, with COVID and just, like, a lot of key members kind of, like, moving away yeah. that mm-hmm. has been in flux, mm-hmm. but... There's there's a core set of us who's been like trying really hard to like keep it, keep it alive and keep it, keep it going. <laughs> and I should tell listeners that you may recognize Emma's voice because you are also a longtime DJ at KZMU for I Can Hear Queerly Now. Yeah, also five years, I think. Really? <laughs> yeah. Okay, so you, so you delved into the yeah. show and Moment Pride at the yeah. same time. Wow, good for you. <laughs> Thanks. Um, holding it down at both organizations. So, what does Moment Pride do? Well, so a lot of people probably know us through, like, the Moab Pride Festival. Um, Mm -hmm. And we've been trying to kind of, like, change what Moab Pride does, change our image. We love the – you know, the festival's great. It's, like, a great time to be able to celebrate. Mm -hmm. Um, But we noticed because we're so grassroots and, like, no one's getting paid and we're Mm -hmm. all volunteer-run, it's kind of hodgepodge, people get so burnt out with the festival and we just really wanted to make sure we focused on – keeping things going year round, like making sure we had a presence in the community year round. And so that's what we're working on now is making sure that we have programs throughout the year. We've been, we've started our rainbow club back up um, at the schools for queer youth. And tell us about that, because I do remember this shift. This was like, you know, several years in the making Mm -hmm. where Pride sort of took stock and said, hey, like this, this one event takes a lot out of us. It also is, like, one big weekend festival of visibility, mm-hmm. but, like, how do we make show up for especially youth throughout the year? So yeah. So that's Rainbow Club, or that is part of it. Yeah. Um, can you tell us what Rainbow Club does? Yeah. I mean, I personally, I helped out with getting Rainbow Club started, but I haven't been involved in a couple years. Um, so there's other Moab Pride sure. members who primarily do it, but it's... The main goal of it is to just have a safe space for queer youth, Um, a space where they can come hang out with their friends, be themselves, and feel supported, you know? And and it's not like an itinerary, Mm -hmm. and we're like... Mm-hmm. I mean, sometimes there is. There's, like, activities that the <laughs> sure. kids want to do. But it's really just a spot where queer youth can be themselves and, like, hang out with their friends and mm-hmm. feel supported and safe and 
have like other queer mentors that they can talk to if if they should so choose you know and i know there's been um like movie nights um, yeah past, like just gatherings yeah right? so we've been we've been trying to get the movie nights going um for anyone who is like a a regular with movie nights there's not one in february so just be aware of that <laughs> so calm down yeah <laughs> so we're, we're just trying to to keep it going um mm-hmm. we don't have a date set for this yet but this seems like a good time to just say that we are going to be doing a like beginning of the year pride meeting where we invite members of the community who want to get involved with moab pride and again it's all grassroots all volunteer run so it's just like if you have an idea that you're really excited mm-hmm. about you're like oh this would be a cool like queer event Come, come to the meeting and, like, pitch it or email us. Reach out to us on the social media's platform. So. Very neat. Yeah. Very neat. Now, back to queer youth in Moab. You know, why was that important as a, a focus point for Moab Pride? So Cal Bullmash really wanted that to be focus of Moab Pride after the passing of Lily McClish. Right. Um, that was really hard for everyone in the mm-hmm. community um, and anyone who knew Lily yeah. and... It was just a point where we recognized that, like, you know, Moab has this little enclave of, like, a great queer community um, mm-hmm. and a very supportive community outside, like, a lot of allies outside of the queer community. But it still can sometimes be really hard to be a mm-hmm. queer person, especially a queer student. Um, mm-hmm. So that was kind of the motivation for getting Rainbow Club started, was just, you know, being able to have a place where we can say like you're you're valid and like you're supported and um because it can be really hard being a queer queer youth like navigating your identity one of the reasons dear listener we're talking a lot about youth or i'm peppering ma with questions about youth is because um right now the utah state legislature has um three bills in the senate and i believe one bill in the house that are specifically targeting trans youth and that would place restrictions on trans youth tell us a little bit about how you found out about these bills i actually signed up a while ago for text updates from equality utah so that's how I found out. Um, I got an alert from them. Yeah. They're actually, if, you know, you're interested in, like, getting alerts like that, the Equality Utah is, like, a great great way to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so that's how I found out about it and decided to do a little bit more digging on my own to figure out, you know, mm-hmm. what was going on. And, and it also, since then, it's been, like, a lot of it has been showing up on social media and before we started recording you know um i i said that to me you know as someone i know the legislature works very very fast Mm -hmm. and that's always how it is because there's 45 days to pass bills and debate them but these three bills especially in the senate feel incredibly fast yeah yeah they do feel very rushed um and to me that feels like a an intentional tactic it's like a way to you know get them out there there's not enough time or a lot of time to like reach out to your representatives and tell them Mm -hmm. how you really feel or Mm -hmm. to show up at the capitol so i I think and this has you know been seen in other parts of the country as well um like with a lot of these bills and similar Mm -hmm. um so similar legislation it's it gets rushed as like a tactic a political tactic yeah and maybe i should go through some of these bills um for listeners so one is sb 16 and um, I mean, feel free to jump in if I get any of this wrong. But SBC 16 would ban gender affirming surgery and hormone therapy for minors. 
SB 93 would prevent issuing a gender amended birth certificate to minors. SB 100 would require schools to inform parents if they adopt a policy requiring faculty to address students by a different name or, you know, that student's name, if they chose to change their name, would need written consent by their parents. And then this bill in the House, HB 132, would make performing a medical procedure on a minor as part of a sex change or transition punishable by a fine or disciplinary action by the state. That's a lot. (laughs) That is a lot, just reading them all out. Um, Anything in those bills that really stands out to you? Yeah. So the one that impacts, like, changing your name and pronouns in school, um, that feels like a mandatory outing of students, um, which can be really harmful. Like for some student, for some kids, the school is like the safe place. Mm -hmm. That's not always the case for others. You know, it's home. And for others, it's, it's neither of those places. Um, Mm -hmm. But for those students where like school is a safe place and they know they won't be accepted by their parents, um, the school requiring like parental permission to basically allow this child to feel like themselves in school, that can have dire consequences. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, queer and trans youth are disproportionately like homeless, kicked out of homes um, because they're not supported. And yeah. to me, that's just what this legislation like feels like it's mm-hmm. on the path to do. And the other one that really sticks out in my mind um, is SB 16. That to me feels like the one that has like the most harmful implications for trans youth. Um, this is banning gender-affirming surgery yeah. and, and hormone therapy. And hormone therapy, yeah. yeah. I mean, it mirrors a lot of the legislation that you've been seeing in other states. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good point to say that this is a nationwide increase in yeah. anti-trans legislation. Yeah, yeah. and it, it feels um, like these sorts of, sorts of legislation often feel like they're just stepping blocks for even more restrictive legislation, Mm. which is really scary. But then SB 16 in and of itself, it it just is limiting bodily autonomy for trans youth, like restricting them being able to, you know, feel comfortable in their bodies. And I just want to point out, it's also not like these procedures are easy to get in the first place. Um, I think a lot of the rhetoric surrounding these legislations There's like this idea that people have that kids are going out and getting (laughs) surgeries and hormones. Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. Like that's somehow very easily available. Yeah, like is it like this understand like this Mm -hmm. wild idea that it's really easy to get to, Mm -hmm. and also that kids are just wanting to get it, which is like not true. Um, Surgery is such a it's not an easy thing to go through. Mm -hmm. So it's it's one of those things. People are sure that they want it before they get it. And you know, I think a lot of um, especially like. Um, uh, people who spoke against these bills and some parents of transgender youth were saying, you know, this is a medical decision, too, you mm-hmm. know, between my child and the doctor. You know, that's it's a very serious conversation. Totally. So. Yeah. And I'm bringing up the parental aspect of it um, brings me to another point with this bill where it's it's also infringing on the rights of parents to help make informed decisions for their children because it's Again, it's not a decision anyone is taking lightly, and it's kind of like the state is stepping in and being like, we know what's best for your children, you don't. And that just seemed, I don't know, if I if I were a parent of a trans child, I would be really offended by that, you know? Um, mm-hmm. 
and like I think the most important point that I want to make with this is how countless studies have shown how life-saving these procedures can be Mm -hmm. Um, and you know not every trans person feels like they need to have you know gender-affirming medical care but for those who do like it it can be the matter like the difference between like feeling whole in your body Mm -hmm. and like a really like spiraling into like deep depression I want to ask you you know what's standing out to me in all of these debates, not just in Utah, but across the country, it seems that um, the lawmakers and the organizations that are putting forth these bills are using language like um, this is about protecting children. Mm -hmm. What are they getting wrong, in your opinion? Yeah, I mean, I think (laughs) everything. I I think what's, again, I think this idea that banning these procedures is protecting children comes from this idea that like, Children are feeling feeling pressured to do this, which is not the case. And in reality, what protects trans youth is giving them bodily autonomy, giving them that choice, allowing them to have the choice of whether or not they want to go through these procedures. Because um, again, they might not, they might not, it might not align with how they identify, or they might decide they want to put it off. But for many, it can be just like such a such a life changing and life-saving experience. Right. Um, you know, we do know that transgender youth have a much higher rate of suicide than their peers, according to the American Academy of Pediatrics. So when we're talking about life-saving, like, this is this is very serious. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's having access to gender-affirming care is going to, like, greatly reduce the risk of suicide in trans youth. So that's that's what you know, folks mean when they say it's life-saving. Like, it it really, really is. Um, and Utah as a state has, like, a really high rate of suicide as mm-hmm. well. To me, that's what we should be concerned about. So these three bills in the Senate, one bill in the House that I'm aware of, they're moving through, you know, there's a protest tomorrow, mm-hmm. Tuesday at noon yeah. at the Capitol, and I believe that's with Equality Utah and the ACLU of Utah. How do you feel like with this response? People are, they are speaking out. Mm-hmm. Are you feeling hopeful? Or are you feeling resigned to what's, what may happen? I, <laughs> I keep like waffling back and forth. Um, I definitely seeing the pushback makes me feel hopeful. What makes me feel a little bit more helpless is just not knowing whether or not the pushback will be listened to or taken mm-hmm. seriously. But I, I think, you know, everyone going out there and like speaking their mind, contacting their representatives, showing up to the protest if you can. I think that all really helps um, get the word out that, like, this is not, you know, this is not something that Utahns really want, you know. I would also, you know, add to support your local Pride Out organization, too. You know, if people are interested in supporting Moab Pride and the mission that you have, how can they do that? You can reach out to Moab Pride on social media. We have, mm-hmm. we're on Instagram and Facebook and you can also email us, moabpridefest at gmail.com. Those are the best ways to reach out to us. And you uh, said that there was an idea to have a top-of-the-year meeting. When is the timeline on that in your mind? It's going to be sometime in February. Okay. <laughs> um, probably towards the end of February, so we can have enough time to like get the word out. So February and March, most likely in February. We'll be advertising that so folks can keep an eye out. And if they, if anyone wants to get involved, like emailing us is a great, 
Yeah. Great way to do that. And then any suggestions related to this legislation? Like, what are you doing as far as speaking up? You know, I've messaged, been contacting representatives, um, emailed Governor Cox as well, because at the end of the day, if this passes, he's going to be the one signing off on it. Mm-hmm. So that it's always good to get ahead of as well, mm-hmm. just to let him know we support trans youth. And also been sharing things on social media. Um, I actually was taking a social media hiatus and just signed back on. So I right. What a great time to do that. Yeah. Right? <laughs> okay. Yeah. But if you're active on social media, it's a great place to just spread the word. Because I think with this sorts of thing, you know, like you were saying, they just get churned out so fast. Mm-hmm. They're really the best way to hear about it is on social media. Things change every day. Yeah. Um, the landscape looks very different. Like maybe by the time this conversation gets archived on Friday, um, it's airing, you know, Monday, but by the time it gets archived, it might be different. Yeah. At that point, that might be when we're like all hands on deck, contact mm-hmm. Governor Cox. Hopefully it won't be, you know, right. but it's, mm-hmm. it's hard to say. Is there anything else that you feel is important to mention about these issues that are facing trans youth here in Utah or in the nation right now? Yeah. So once again, it feels like it's, this feels like it's part of an effort that is a larger pattern popping up across the country. And there's more and more anti-trans bills popping up in different states. And it's important to act now because these, these issues are really serious. Um, These bills have huge implications on trans youth. And more than just what the bills say themselves, it sends a clear message that is very harmful and hateful to the entire LGBTQ community. That it's like, you're not, you know, it's telling us that we're not supported. And I think I think that's just like an important thing to keep in mind that these attacks on trans and queer rights, it's just it's just incredibly harmful on a lot of different levels and it's scary to see what what is the way to support the lgbtq community right now oh that's a great question for these particular bills again like reaching out to legislators and the governor and speaking up against anti-trans bills showing up to protests if you can supporting you know like equality utah and aclu utah are doing a lot of work to fight these and yeah just reaching out the most important thing right now, I think, is reaching out to the queer people that you know and just like, especially like queer and trans youth and just telling them like that you support them and love them and see them and that they're valid and like that this message that is being sent by all these state legislatures like is not not how the rest of the world sees them, that they're they're valid and loved. It's This Week in Moab. You're tuned in to 90.1 and 106.7 FM. Thank you to MA and Moab Pride for speaking with me just a little bit ago. Um, we recorded that conversation um, right after I can hear clearly now. So thank you to MA for joining me on that conversation. Um, you can find an archive of this conversation at kzmu.org. We're going to take a quick music break and then be back with Jeremy Spaulding from Grand County Schools and Caitlin Myers of Moab Area Community Land Trust. And they're going to talk about um, a housing event that's coming up this week and an ongoing housing series. Lots of information for the Moab community. Stay with us. This is 
Molly, News and Public Affairs Director here at the station. And with me, I've got two guests in studio. Um, thank you so much, you two, for being here. We have Jeremy Spaulding and Caitlin Myers. Hello. 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 So you two are here because there's a really big event coming up um, tomorrow. This is part of the Moab Housing Series. Um, Caitlin, you're from Moab Area Community Land Trust. Tell us a little bit about this event from your perspective. Sure, yeah. Mackle will, Moab Area Community Land Trust, Mackle will be there tomorrow night um, as a partner. So um, I'll let Jeremy talk generally about the event, but we're really excited to be there. This event is totally focused on providing housing resources and information to families in the school district. So we're, you know, I know a lot of times when we do housing events, they're really high level. They're related to city and county. And so this is, I think, the first time since I've been here that we've really made a focused effort to bring that to people that are really struggling with housing right now. So Mackle will be there as a partner talking, mm-hmm. you know, giving information about Arroyo Crossing, kind of giving information about our qualifications and how to get a home at Arroyo, um, but also will be there as a, a partner that's involved with the housing task force. And this is the second in a series of housing? Um, yes. Okay. Yeah. So this is our second of three that we have planned. Mm-hmm. Um, which were funded by the Grand County Economic Development Department. So shouts out to them. Thank them so much. They're doing so much to support housing in this community. Um, our first session was in January, which what kicked off our housing series. It was a housing fair, and we had a roundtable workshop with uh, local employers to talk about how to get workforce housing in the community and then had presentations from city and county. Um, our second one is tomorrow, uh, which is what we're talking about. And then our third one that we're planning is an ADU workshop. So basically how, how to build an ADU. What, what do you need to know start to finish? All right. So this next second one, this is going to be focused, as Caitlin explained, on helping Moab families learn about their options from renting to buying a house and more. So, Jeremy, tell us about your position at the school district and, and how you're involved with this event. So my position is one that's been around for a couple of years, I am a community coordinator. Um, and that means that I meet and connect with all of our nonprofit partners in the community and say, hey, how can we benefit each other um, and make use of our public good on behalf of everybody? Um, and this was one way to do so. Um, I've been sitting in on the Moab um, Housing Task Force since I came into the position in August or September. And... We just said housing is not just, housing is a problem that faces everybody and especially is a big deal for families because if you lose your housing as a family, you know, that often comes with a really big cost um, financially for people that are struggling and and then, you know, like a lot of families have dogs, a lot of families have Mm -hmm. challenges that make it hard to get housing. So um, we wanted to give an event for people that are both looking to rent, um, looking to potentially get into um, buying a home, and then also for folks that own homes and want to be able to um, increase the value of their investment. So um, we're looking at all three of those angles, and tomorrow's um, event focuses on all of them. Yeah, I see you have a note note in front of you, <laughs> so you're ready to give us a breakdown of, the, of tomorrow's event. Yeah. Um, tomorrow, the event is at... Uh, Margaret Hopkin Middle School, um, right behind City Market. It will be from 6 to 8 p.m. 
you can bring your littles and bring your kids, and everybody's going to get fed canyon Ooh. pizza. Um, and we'll have um, some childcare from YGP. And the event really is just an opportunity to learn about how to prepare yourself for all kinds of different housing situations, as we said, as a renter, um, to learn um, what best practices are um, when um, applying to, to rent, um, what gives you a heads up, what, what um, may put you behind other renters. As when you're looking for, for housing, what does it mean to, um, um, to buy a house? Um, what does it mean to get insurance? <laughs> um, how do you get into, how do you even begin to get into the market to buy a home? Mm, um, mm -hmm. How do you get, how do you secure a loan? What are the processes to do that? Um, and then as a homeowner, um, what are some opportunities um, to refinance your home? What does that look like? What does it look like um, to take advantage of our, our community's um, uh, resources? Like where can you get bark mulch? <laughs> what does it mean to <laughs> sign up with solid waste? Um, how might I go about renting a room? What are the challenges that are involved in that? Mm -hmm. So a lot of different subjects. And we'll, I think we'll do a briefing tomorrow and put out a, a post on, on our website and as well as on our Facebook page with each individual session so you can snoop and see. Um, but tomorrow, um, again, at the middle school from 6 to 8, we'll have the doors at 545. Um, and, then, uh, and then we have our, our main session, too. So, um, again, main session for the first 40 minutes, and then we'll have a little dessert and some tabling, and then we'll have three breakout sessions, one for renters, one for those looking to buy, and one for folks who already own their home and are looking to um, add value to their investment. So it sounds like um, if you have any sort of lingering questions about housing, this might be an event to show up at. Um, is that right, Caitlin? Absolutely. Yeah, we're going to have so many organizations there, both that are housing focused and also, you know, DWS is going to be there. Uh, we're going to have Ronnie Schultz with primary uh, PRMI, primary residential mortgage. But yes, we're, we're going to have so many partners there. So it's, it's going to be a, a widespread of information. And our hope is that, you know, this is kind of the first time that a lot of people in this community can, you know, interact face to face with people that, you know, provide, um, you know, weatherization services. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you can talk to someone about your loan or how to, um, you know, do some financial planning. We're, we're going to have a lot of partners there. So, um, you know, it's going to be a short event, but I'm really hoping that it'll start conversations and get people thinking about things that they've never thought about before or have always had questions about, mm -hmm. but didn't even know where to begin, who to ask. Or maybe even like make community connections. You know? Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, this is, if, if anything, tomorrow you're going to get a, an introduction to a lot of topics that you may have questions about as a, as a resident, and you're going to be able to um, have a name to a face um, and be able to continue that conversation and then be able to gather a bunch of resources as you begin your journey uh, towards looking for a new place to rent or towards, towards homeownership. Um, what we haven't talked about yet is this main session. So that's the beginning part. Okay. Oh, wow. And we've talked a little bit. So this, as we said, it's a pretty robust event okay. tomorrow. What's up with the main session? Um, and that's what's kind of cool, too. You know, we have a bunch of changes in Moab and opportunities for low-income housing. Um, Caitlin, of course, is leading um, a big section of that in Arroyo That'd Crossing. Um, and she'll be there talking about that tomorrow. So if you are curious what has 
been happening in the world of low-income housing in Moab and affordable housing in Moab, um, you'll have a a session that'll give you a good overview so you know what's going on and you can take advantage of the upcoming opportunities. Folks from the county are going to be there talking about, so this is, that's the first part is what's being done to create fair housing options in Mm -hmm. Moab. And then the second one um, is where to find out more about housing. So there's a really great um, website now, moabhousing.com, that has been built by Hasu and built by who else is what other what other partners are involved in that the housing task force in general, right? Yeah, housing task mm-hmm. force. Yeah, mostly by the housing authority, but yeah, um, yeah, housing task force. And so there'll be an overview of what's on that site and how to navigate it. There will be um, some talk about upcoming plans for. Um, for housing coming up in Moab, then there'll be a presentation from the local housing, uh, the, the local homelessness council here in Moab. Um, some members of the MVMC are going to come talk about how to support folks who are going through homelessness um, and how you can support their work. Um, and then Kelly Thornton will be there from D- DWS, as we said, Department of Workforce Services. Um, and she'll be talking about like if you have trouble paying your rent, if you're down on your luck and you need a little assistance that way. Um, or if you need, you know, if you have a need um, with help with your heating, or if you want to learn how to weatherize your house, um, they will be there um, providing um, opportunity to sign up and more information about their programs as well. So just a lot of folks from a lot of different resources available for you as families in Moab, um, along with dinner and childcare. Yeah, you know, you both, you know, sort of mentioned how this event is really targeted at families. What are some of the challenges that families are facing right now when it comes to the housing world? And why is it so important to give families these resources and get the word out? I'm going to I'm going to pass that to you first. Okay. I mean, in essence, it's the same thing that's going on in with everybody in Moab, except that you also have dependents. And so if you're talking about housing, housing is one cost that's gone up in uh gone up dramatically in the last five years and then you add that into challenging um costs in terms of rising grocery costs and rising rising gas costs then it's just a burden and then if you're looking for quality available rentals if you're not at a point where you can buy the market is so tight and so if you're looking for something if you're not a single person, it's just like I can, you know, as a single person, I can find a room, you know, I could find, um, I could live in a one bedroom, but as a, as a family, you have to have more space. Mm-hmm. You have to have opportunity, um, for proximity, for school, for, for parks, all of those things that you want as a family. And it makes it so much more challenging in a town that's so short on housing options. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I I would absolutely agree with that. Um, I think that's all well said. Um, I would also say that a big reason why we're doing this is, I mean, if if you have a family, your focus is on maintaining your family and your life and your job and your pets and just, you know, moving through the week every week and trying to find joy in that, which is great. Um, But I think a big reason why we're doing this is because when you are so, you know, families are just living their lives and bringing their kids to soccer practice, they're not paying attention to what the city council Mm. is doing or what the county's doing or what the land trust is doing. You know, they're seeing Facebook rentals on Facebook, but they don't really know big picture what's happening in housing in in the community right now. So that's another big part of this is, I, I mean, we talk, a lot about how there's there's been a lot of progress made for housing in this community mm-hmm. but 
Um, it's really, you know, this is just one avenue that we're trying to get that information to the people that really deserve those homes. And with this too, you know, tomorrow is a start, a place to come and interact with this information in person and see folks face to face. But after we do this event, we hope too to maintain this resource, um, everything that we, we gather from our partners tomorrow is going to be available on connected to the school website. Um, and then we'll have um, this, you know, this is a start and hopefully something that we can continue to do. And as we, um, as you know, I continue my work, um, I hope to bring the, the task force back into more events to ensure that um, folks are getting the most up-to-date information about low-income housing. Because a lot of times, a lot of our families too, um, don't have enormous amounts of money. And so it's really important that they're up to date on um, how to do a self-help home, on what's going on with community rebuilds, on what's going on with affordable housing like Arroyo Crossing, um, so that they can be there early on um, to reap the benefits of the hard work that's been done by the task force, of the doors that have been opened from economic development um, and the efforts that have been going on for for housing um, options expansion in Moab. So it seems like this connection between um, the school district and I know I keep saying that Caitlin, you're with Moabary Community Land Trust, but you're also an important member of the Grand County Housing Task Force. Mm -hmm. It seems like this connection is a, a really important one. Yeah, absolutely. Jeremy has been such an advocate for bringing housing resources to families in the school district. Um, so I want to applaud him on that um, because there is, I mean, housing impacts so many other social determinants and especially, um, you know, child's development as a parent is navigating housing issues. You know, a kid might not pick up on exactly what's going on, mm -hmm. but it does have a lot of impacts on their development. And so there is a really strong tie between housing and education. Yeah. We've been speaking um, with Caitlin Myers and Jeremy Spaulding on this housing event that's happening tomorrow at the middle school from 6 to 8. Did I get that yeah. right? Perfect. 6 to 8 p.m. If folks, you know, this is an opportunity, like you all are saying, to meet face-to-face -face with people who can answer your questions about housing from renting to buying um, to anything. If people do miss this event, you know, where what would you recommend to get started with those questions? Yeah, so like Jeremy said, I mean, we're going to make these resources available in perpetuity. Okay. Um, we will have, I think a lot of this already exists, but we will be adding updates to moabhousing.com. And that is definitely one goal of this whole housing series is making sure that the information that we're receiving and giving from the community is made available. Even if you couldn't attend, we want to make sure that this information is available. So definitely Moab Housing. Um, social media. Um, mm -hmm. Moab Housing is on Facebook and Instagram, so you can look at, look us up there. And um, and as I said, there will be links on the Grand County School District website um, to this information as well in, in perpetuity. Um, so we'll have um, just a resource page that connects to this and then further opportunities that, that come up. Okay. And um, this is the second, as we've said, the second in the housing series. Briefly, Caitlin, what is coming up in the third event of the housing series yeah we are still tbd yeah um tbd uh we are definitely open to feedback on this um and i i think that there will be three but probably more coming this year but we have been talking about this next section being focused on 
building an ADU. That's something that we talk about all an, the time. An additional dwelling unit. So like do you, oh, for, yeah. for, for the layperson, like a mother-in-law suite, uh, an, an outbuilding um, mm-hmm. on your property that can be used um, for housing. Yes, ADUs, like Jeremy said, mother-in-law suites, they can be inside the home or they can be a separate unit in your backyard. But it's another way to add a small unit under 1,000 square feet, earn additional income for your property, provide additional housing. So it's a slow way in communities to you know increase density and provide more mm-hmm. housing and especially rental options for folks that need it. All right, so stay tuned to moabhousing.com and then also the Green County School District website where these resources are also going. Anything else to say about tomorrow's event? I would say this is not just for families. You know, we are advertising it. Mm-hmm. It is being hosted at the middle school, um, but the information that's being provided is going to apply to you just as much if you have kids or you don't. And, you know, I want to say on behalf of the district, too, that we are excited about our new middle school space and so thankful for taxpayers to be able to provide this opportunity, this wonderful building for our kids, um, for our 7th and 8th graders. And it's a really cool space. So come and check it out tomorrow um, if you're curious, if you haven't been in the building. Um, And note that we want our spaces to be used on behalf of events like this. So if you are looking Mm -hmm. to host an event that is widely beneficial to to Moab and passes along information that applies to students and families, um, please let me know. All right. Tomorrow's event at the middle school, 6 to 8 p.m., all about housing. And Jeremy, briefly, there's another school district event this week. This one doesn't involve doesn't involve Caitlin, but I'll continue. Okay. Um, so, okay. She can have an opinion <laughs> if she wants. <laughs> if she wants. Um, so this is another um, family event. Um, it's really a, a parent-specific event um, around cyber safety. Okay. Um, it's an event we're calling Cyber Say What? Um, because <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice right? Good one. And um, it's an event for parents to be able to come out and learn about how kind of the dangers of um, connectivity and what kids run into um, on the web. And we are partnering, um, we partnered with CKVIN and with um, Four Corners on the information for this event. Um, Myself and an officer from the Moab City Police Department will be presenting, um, as well as potentially another partner, um, for a wide-spanning event about um, kids' time on the internet and how to inspire students to keep themselves safe um, as well as learn about what the dangers are um, for your kids on the net. Okay, and when is this again? Again, So it will be on Thursday at the high school, another 6 to 8 p.m. Right, and another, easy to remember. Another uh, child care opportunity for, for those who have young kids. It will be free dinner as well so we'll have um, a taco bar on on thursday as well so if you can come and bring your family and eat um, and then learn about a series of different um, issues that happen online so one is screen time mm-hmm. how much time is too much time for kids on the internet um, and right now we've seen giant leaps in amount of connectivity um, for kids as well as parents and what does that look like and what is healthy Um, The second level of this event will be about cyberbullying. And what we know about this generation of students is that their life is always interconnected with the Internet. 
And so everything that happens online is as real mm -hmm. as there. It's the same as everyday life. And so what does that mean for bullying? Um, and what does that mean for for speech online? And how do you keep your kids safe and um, and respectful in their use on the internet? Um, and then a tough tough um, topic, which mm -hmm. is sexting, um, mm -hmm. which is um, an issue that a lot of parents don't want to think about. Mm -hmm. um, and a lot of folks um, don't know, but is pretty prominent um, with um, with this generation, the last couple of generations of students. Yeah. Um, and there's a, there's a lot of repercussions that come um, with that kind of illicit sharing um, on the internet. And so um, Officer Faulkner from Moab City Police Department will be there talking about, about that um, and giving some information from the district attorney's office in at the state and sharing some, some really important information about how to keep your kids safe and aware. And then some kind of darker topics too about about grooming, um, about um, predators online, and how to how to be aware of what your kids are doing, um, and how to be aware of the dangers that exist. Um, and then the last part will be um, how to have conversations because we know that the best cure for this sort of these sort of challenges and the, the best. Um, way to inspire your student, your child um, to to be safe online is to have relationships with them um, and have conversations with them about what this looks like. Mm -hmm. um, so it's about a, a little session on how to communicate with your kids. So okay. again, we'll have childcare um, provided by the health department as well as some other partners, um, a taco bar from El Tapatio, and a free event to learn about a challenging issue and also, you know, a, a rising problem for, for youth, which is how to keep yourself safe online. Another stacked event. Another stacked <laughs> event. Thank you both so much for being up here. Any last words before we turn it over to music and Amy Goodman at, at 6 p.m.? Just feeling stoked to have such great partners in this community that want to um, support kids and families. So it's it's cool to have everybody showing up and take advantage of these these free opportunities for dinner and childcare mm -hmm. and information that mm -hmm. can help your family yeah ditto well more on those events grand county school districts um website and social media again with housing it's moabhousing.com you've been tuned in to kzmu moab community radio on 90.1 and 106.7 fm stay tuned